thanks for tuning in to Cam and the Rev and then there's Jeff. You can find us at Facebook and Instagram under Cam and the Rev and then there's Jeff. Listen to us at any major podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just to name a few. Got a great show coming up for you guys today. Hope you enjoy. And we're back. Jeff, do the intro. And we're back. Hit Jeff with that intro. And we're back. Thanks for joining Cam the Rev, and then there's Jeff <laughs> with our special guest, Young Sam. Pretty boy. Pretty boy. Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. So, yeah, so ta- to tangent size back off of that, West Virginia has never been respected as a state. It, it, it really is a state without a true identity. It doesn't know if it's in the north. It doesn't know if it's in the south. It, it has a lot of – it's technically south of the Mason-Dixon line because the Mason-Dixon line is what – uh, what makes up somewhat part of the northern border of West Virginia right. between Pennsylvania and Maryland and uh, up there. So it's technically south if you consider Mason-Dixon, but it doesn't feel south. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a lot of the same cultures where it's, uh, you know, very southern feeling, hospitality, you know, family, community, where it doesn't feel northern. Potatoes. But it's definitely not, we say pop. You know, for for oh, soda. you still say pop? Oh, huh? we say pop every day. We say pop. We they still say three pop cases here. That, three cases of soda the other day. I call it soda. We call it pop. I call it soda. Pop. I'm the only one in the family. So Sam, yeah, Sam's, yeah. I'm normal, but uh, weirdo. We, uh, you know, West Virginia, it, it, they're different, and they they embrace those differences. You know, it's it. So for for West Virginians, hillbilly is just what you are. You're a hillbilly. We're, we're, I mean, we're the, all of West Virginia, they're, they're poor hillbillies. We grew up in the mountains. It, yeah. it, was, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, it's, that's definitely not thought of and said the same way outside of West Virginia. And even in Virginia, it's those West Virginia hillbillies. Mm-hmm. And, and it's meant as, as a derogatory term, well, but it's not. When you watch the documentary on the White family – Bro, those people exist. I know. I mean, it's, but I'm it's, saying it's a thing. they give it all. They give everybody a bad. No, they well, that's do. Some, that's but some hillbillies. Look, I mean, I, I I could take you to some meth houses around around Carrollton, and and you've Absolutely. got the same bunch of weird yep. for sure hillbillies. You know, no teeth, shoeless. Yeah, just it's they're just always shoeless. Bizarre. Ignorance is what I just, like. It's, it's <laughs> ignorance that I learned. Right. Yeah. It's it's all just pure uneducated. Under, under, yeah. Just total ignorance and and. Just highest classification of mental deficiency. Sprinkle a little incest. In they're morons. Okay, they're, they're complete morons. And uh, so the reason I know, mom wouldn't let us say morons growing up. She said it was a bad word to her. So Bill and I memorized the definition. And so we would just say, <laughs> you're the highest classification of mental deficiency, which is the definition of a moron. And y'all wonder why your kids are smart. <laughs> <laughs> that kid, so. that is but awesome. anyway, so yeah, term... West hillbillies are different. Yeah, yeah, hillbillies are different. West yeah, they definitely had the hillbillies out here, um, but it was nothing like nearly like you saw a kid with Wranglers and boots, and he got roasted like bad. You couldn't even wear different brand shoes with like like you couldn't wear like an Adidas shirt and Nike shoes. Yeah, you would get roasted. Where was bad. this? This was like Metro Atlanta. Nice. Like oh Mariana oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. When I got out here, it was like. I remember the the most mad I ever made somebody at that time, and I I was good at pissing people off. Um, maybe me and Dominic are more similar than I thought. Mm. Yeah, but, we are. <laughs> but I had uh, their FUBU, right? So FUBU yeah. brand. Well, back then we were near all the outlet stores, right? So you could see, you know, everybody. You they would they would pick up on like the bootleg stuff. So the bootleg FUBU sweaters back then, the F would come all the way around and actually make a P. So that's how they were able to sell it. It wasn't an F, it was a P. But if you didn't know what to look for, you would never never pick up on it. Right. And this kid was trying to, like, roast me, basically. And I saw he was wearing it and it hit me. I was like, you got a damn poo shirt on. How the <laughs> fuck are you roasting me? And nobody had, like, especially the white boy, like, they were, nobody had ever picked up on that. And he was mad, like trying to like was threatening to kill me and all this and that. Uh, yeah, him and another guy actually jumped me. This kid named Diaz actually jumped me at Family Dollar off of uh, Rome Street like a month later because I got in a fight with Diaz in the lunchroom. And he come out and I saw him. He threw his hands up. I threw my hands up. And then this other boy come around the cars and hit me 
and then I went to you know hit him. I turned to him, and then Diaz hit me, and there's just hands flying. So I just covered up and fucking took my beating. And um, I've been jumped a few times as a kid, but um, that was the last one I really took. And then when I got to Mount Zion, I only had to fight like a couple people, and then that was all I had to do. Only a couple. Only a couple. And then that was it. Like everybody else just wasn't serious enough. All you had to do was they would talk it, but then when you were really about it, the ones that were, oh, I found out about them. Like, I underestimated, and this kind of leads kind of going into, like, my small town experience coming from essentially the city. Um, So when I got out here, um, I left, got all my trouble at Carrollton City, went out to Mount Zion, started doing that. By then, I just really didn't want to get in any more trouble. Like, I was still a pretty angry kid, like, to the point where, like – can't really see any of them anymore but like self-destructive like um to that bad like completely consuming me kind of angry um and by the time i got out there i was just like i didn't want to get i didn't want to cause mom any more trouble because mom reached a point where she slapped shit out of me in front of a bunch of police and a fucking principal and they just felt bad like (laughs) and it just and mom was already going through enough and I just didn't want to cause her, like, any more problems, essentially, uh, until me and her started butting heads, and then I just started wilding out. But when I got out of Mount Zion, I totally, unpro- like, I was like, I'm going to fucking run these rednecks. Like, these fucking dumb hicks don't even, like, it was easy to hustle them. It was easy to, like, it wasn't, it wasn't hard at all. They just didn't see it coming half the time. And, like, I got one kid that's just like, let me borrow his chain. <laughs> I was like, let me borrow that necklace, man. And, like, I'll, I'm telling you, I was not I was not a good person at the time. Like, I don't claim that I was. And I don't, I'm not saying that, like, I had a bunch of excuses because none of those things should be excused. But, like, I definitely deboed a few chains in my day. I didn't have to snatch them. They just handed them to me. Like, Tuck and then they just went. about it? <laughs> Tuck your shit, boy. No. Um, but, you know, that was that was kind of the path I was leading down. And then very, you know, like, involved with, you know, like, nefarious people and whatnot. And, um, but a few of them, I found out real quick. My uncle tried to tell me because my uncles on my mom's side were rough. Um, they're both past now. Um, but my uncle David, they called Lefty. Um, he was, he was kind of known out here. And he, um, he was a rough dude. And he tried to warn me. He was like, you're going to find one of them that's real. And boy, did I. Them old timers and their their boys and all that, the ones that stayed quiet and didn't talk too much shit and this and that, that you thought was just a quiet like, they really would shoot your ass like, and they really would they really did have wells. When they used to say that shit, well, we got plenty of wells in our land. Like you're like, ha ha, yeah. No, they really do. They really have wells. There's yeah. more than one of them, right? And they're way out in the fucking middle of nothing, so right. you would never know they're there, right? How are you supposed to get found in a well? Like that's you that's a very efficient way to get rid of somebody, you I don't guess. Get found no, in a well. they got hogs. They got all kind of shit, man. You, you, you ran across a few of those. Ran a few, yeah. Uh, uh, ran across two in particular, and that's all it really took. And I was like, oh, they don't really fucking play. One of them, um, a buddy of mine owed money to, and they snatched his book bag, threw it in the back of the truck, took off from the school. So we jump in the car, chase him. We chase them all the way to the house. We get out, and they have already taken Buddy's book bag, thrown it into the driveway, put lighter fluid on it, and set it on fire. So by the time we pull up, his shit's on fire, so we're ready to fight. And we jump out ready to fight. We're, like, starting to square up. And um, their older brother comes out, shoddy in hand. Mm. Didn't say shit. Pumped and got from me to you with it. And just didn't say shit. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're yeah. done. Time to go. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So I was like, okay, they're for real, you know. And then um, the one that really, um, which there was probably more, I don't have time to go into all of them. But the one that really got me was uh, I was actually vouching for a friend who all, again, owed money to a, to a dope man, basically, essentially, old timer. And then. We basically told his boy to get fucked, right? You know, chalk it up to the game, do whatever we can do. And then, not knowingly, my friend had gone back after that point to front some more dope. And I didn't know this part. 
so then they put it out there, try to get him and all kind of stuff. So uh, we ran up on his kid. Like they were, he was our age, but like we ran up on him and didn't beat the hell out of him or nothing. Just kind of let him know what's up. So he calls for us. He he gets to like someone to come to us and tell us to just come to the house, and we're gonna sort it out. It's all fine. I know my boy's wild and all this kind of stuff, and you know, and we fall for it, mm. and we go, <laughs> and we walk in, and it's a row of motherfuckers along the wall, <laughs> and it's just come on in and sit down. <laughs> wow! All the hospitality in the world. And that was probably the scariest damn part. And just basically laid it out for us on how it was going to be. And we were like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. It'll be that way. And I had a newfound respect from that point on. Sure. Uh, and then actually from that point on, I actually got along with a lot of them. Sure. Because uh, sure. I, they had some things I needed and I had some things they needed. You know, and it kind of worked out. Um, so from there... Um, you know, I'm 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 you know, I'm settled basically in Mount Zion. Um, I've got a you know, core group of friends who didn't you know that whole group now is either dead, locked up, or junkied out. I saw one on the Carlton Crime just the other day, straight meth out, no teeth, you know, fucked up. You made um, it. Yeah, I made it. I made it. And my um my brother in law who I grew up with, um, who actually was with me in Marietta, Powder Springs, Tap Middle School. Um, actually his mom lived out here and he went to live with her. So we ended up linking up here and I ended up, um, impregnating and marrying his sister, <laughs> who's an older sister, by the way, I've been trying to get with her since I was 13. Um, so during that time, um, my, uh, <laughs> Hey, look, I was, I was for it. She wasn't for it because she was riding around and her dad's Camaro, looking all bad and shit like Stephanie in a tube top at like 18 when I was like you know 15 riding a Camaro a 1993 Camaro short shorts and some flip flops bro coming out of Dollar General Boy lost make you want to put a damn baby in her you know and I put three in her but she do it. <laughs> but um so ended up basically um had some more loss, you know. Um my brother my oldest brother was like pretty wild and um uh he he ended up with some medical issues, right? And he ultimately what ended up taking him out was a lesion in his brain. Um it caused him to have seizures, all kind of stuff, right? Um he um he died with four bent bench warrants out on him. He was just a wild dude. When he found out like he had a he he wasn't gonna make it basically, essentially, he just wild. He died by the time he was thirty. Right. And um the years leading up was a time during that time I was getting settled in Mount Zion. So from fourteen he died before I was like sixteen. And he had me you know, because I I was just with mom and him and my other brother Chris were my only male like role models. Right. Right. They were only my, my my male figures, you know, to to be a man over, you know. And so they started bringing me up to Kennesaw to work in the kitchen where they worked. My oldest brother was a GM and that's all he ever did was run bars and clubs and he'd done everything. DJ, cook, bartender, like the movie Cocktail. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Cruise. He could do all that shit. Like, he was very Tom Cruise-like. Um, just a little more guinea, big nose, you know. And um, hit like a brick shit house. Like, wasn't a real big guy, um, but hit like a fucking Mack truck, dude. He'd knock you the fuck out and w would flip. He'd flip on the dime. We could be sitting here talking just as calm as we are right now. And something would set him off. And he would, this, I mean, it'd be a big moment. Like, full blow up, right? And... Um, he, during that time, was kind of wild because um, he was in some wild shit, and I was in some wild shit. My other brother Chris was trying to get his shit together because he had a baby on the way, and he's trying to you know figure out going into the military, but he's caught up in this life that we're all in, like, you know, like that. And um, basically, 
all the way to the point where he passes away. You know, ended up back, ended up mom's house. You know, I mean, I literally held my brother as he took his last breath because mom couldn't carry him in the house. You know, and he, um, after he passed, um, you know, that was a second major loss from the time I was like 12 to 15. And Joey was another one that was like the other top male figure in my life. Um, growing up, you know, Joey wasn't always around. And when he did show up, it was like my whole world was like, fucking Joey's here, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Joey's a cool one, you know what I'm saying. He's always in a suit. He's always fucking, you know, pinky ring. And, you know, he's throwing fucking drinks around, making you a glass of milk. Like, it was <laughs> a cool guy, you know. And then dad was saying, dad was like polarizing figure. You know, dad didn't have to whoop our ass that much. Dad just had to speak. And your ass fucking listened, you know. Um, so after that, like, you know, I didn't really hear shit from nobody. And I dove even deeper down the rabbit hole. And the stuff I was getting into, because um, I don't want to get into most of it, but the stuff I was getting into wasn't going to be anything that had a future in it. And I was done doing the main things that I was doing at the time. And I was about to up the ante. I was I was about to start hitting people in the head. Like I was about to start taking more, essentially a more violent route, because I was tired of the slow go of what I was doing. I was tired of being dirty all the time. So I was just gonna start taking what the fuck I wanted. And the people I knew that had it was about to get it. And that's where I was gonna go with it. Was, fuck it. Who cares? What does it matter anyways? Everybody apparently dies when they're fucking thirty. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. And you know I started down that route. And ultimately, it got me arrested for some bullshit, minor, like, misdemeanor shit. But it woke me up. At the same time, um, my oldest daughter and Stephanie, um, you know, were just becoming into my life. And when I got arrested, Stephanie hit me right then and there as soon as I got out that night. Because that night... I, it was like a fork in the road. And my life has been a series of forks in the fucking road, right? Where I get up to a point, and it's like, you decide right now. This is where this goes. And you either look down that road and decide that this is worth it, and that that looks like a promising route to get to your destination, you know, or, or you go this way, you know. And in that moment, um, she said to me, if we are going to be together, if you're going to be with me, and you're going to be in our lives, and we're going to go further, you'll never do this shit again. And I had to really check myself. And I was like, hell, she don't even know about half the shit that I was about to do. <laughs> like, I just got hit with some misdemeanor shit. And I did. I cut everybody off. And I told them all, I was like, you know, you can't come by. You can't hit me up. You can't. Meet, you can't do any of this because I was. I didn't want to spend my sentence, my probationary sentence. Like, I was afraid to violate and have to spend my sentence in jail. And they all um, ghosted. Like you found out who was real, and who wasn't. You know, they were all. As soon as I went about the bullshit, they were all, and it, t- it showed me something right then and there. I was like, these people weren't. They so weren't they, didn't, they didn't really support you. They weren't here for me at right, all. Right, right, bro. right, 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 right. And then. In the series, and all this is kind of like an overview. I can break a lot of it down, but um, they ghosted. So after that point, um, I wasn't really going to school at that point anyways. I'm about 16, 17. And mom was like, you know, you know, you know, you, if you're not going to go to school and this and that, you're going to go to work. And she made me go up there, sign the papers, drop out of school, take your ass to work. And, you know, me and Steph had a baby. You know, so, um, and a lot of people don't know, like, my oldest is not my biological child. Nevaeh is not my biological child. I've been her father since she was three months old. And we got our first place together when I was 17, and I've been daddy ever since. You know, I'm all she's ever known as a father. And me and Steph have been getting it since that point. We went to the same apartments me and mom moved into. That was our first place together at 17. And from then on, um, apparently I have a terrible pullout game because I had another <laughs> child. And uh, <laughs> Angelina, my sweet Angelina. 
Um, so I had another kid. So before I was 21, you know, I had two kids. And working full time, you know, um, working all the time. You know, I was just trying to stay, trying to stay out of trouble, trying to get in the routine of just working, going home, you know. And which is kind of is a trap. But whenever the alternative, the latter is you out doing some fuck shit, you know, it's better than that. Right. So yeah. work, go home. And then to the point where I'm working all the time and going home. Oh, I'm up before the kids are up. I'm gone. And then by the time I get home, they're in bed. But, hell, the bills are paid, right? Like, um, you know, everybody's good. I'm providing, right? But I'm not. So I'm losing ground at home, you know, because, I mean, hell, the kids don't even see me. They don't even know me. Um, so that kind of progresses, and it starts to catch up with me into my early 20s. And uh, tragedy hits again. Lucky Camaranos in this world. Uh, mom passed away from a massive, basically, essentially a heart attack. Um, after dad passed, she just pretty much set in her ways. Yeah, she lived how she was going to live. You know, and she was old enough, too, that, well, she wasn't that old. Both my parents died before the age of 50. Uh, so she was 48. Dad was 46. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's either that or mom was, no, yeah, mom was definitely 48. Um, so she passed away. And like I said, she didn't, like, she smoked two packs a day. She took out a bottle of bourbon every now and then, like, my mom would sit and drink most people, most grown ass men on the table. She was one of those, you know, you know, smoke weed like a fate train. Like she was an old hippie type, you know. First bit of weed I smoked was my mom. You know, I had the realest conversation in the world over a a sack of weed and a bottle of Jack. My mom, when I was like fourteen years old, you know, I had a very I was lucky to have the relationship I had with her. Uh, a lot of people don't get that, and. She ended up, um, like, real self-destructive towards the end. You know, just basically giving up on life, you know. Um, ends up, you know, due to her lifestyle, you know, dies of a, a massive heart attack. And then I really fuck off. Like, I didn't really, um, not in the sense of, like, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Like, I still I made sure, I, you know, I wasn't being a father, I wasn't being a husband, but I was paying the bills, I was going to work and all that kind of stuff. But I started down a bottle a night, you know, stuff like that. Got all the way up to like 315 pounds, like just a fat slob of shit. And again, not, I mean, you're doing shit like that. You ain't there for your kids. You're not there as a husband, you know, that kind of stuff. And I finally, about a year of that, I finally, I told Stephanie, I was just like, and even she had to, you know, like, I got to do something. I got to change it up. I got to do anything and everything. Because if not, like, this is going to kill me. And uh, DEFCON 1 was in Villarica, Georgia. Brian Dean, the original owner. Uh, real good guy. Real good guy. His mom just died. Did you know that? No, I didn't. His mom passed away, like, uh, this week. Jesus. No, I didn't know that. I'll have to reach out to Brian. No, I didn't know that at all. No, Brian's a real good guy. Yeah. Real good guy. You talk about salt of your earth, dude, right there, boy. He's a good one. Yep, real good one. Um, I walk into his gym at the time. He was the original owner, and I try to drop like a year's worth of membership on him. I just got my taxes back. <laughs> I try to drop a whole year's. Brian wouldn't let me do it. He was like, nah. He said, nah, because if it don't work out, you're going to be coming here trying to get your money back. And He said, I don't feel comfortable doing nothing like that. He said, how about you pay, you can pay a couple months worth at a time if you want to do it like that. Because my whole thought process was like, if I pay for it, for you'll sure, commit, you'll commit. I, I'll do it. Yeah. Because right. I got all this money tied up. Right. And um, so I told him, and Tex Johnson is behind the desk with him. Tex is a young brown belt at the time. Um, savage, just monster. And he was Tex. Viking. Viking. He was definitely <laughs> was born in the wrong Jesus. era. Oh. And <coughs> Brian. And Tex are there, and I'm telling them, you know, I want to fight. Like, I want to fight in the cage. I loved MMA. Always watched it. And I was like, I want to, that's what I want to fight in the cage, you know. And Brian's like, all right, just relax. You know, just start with some jiu-jitsu first. He said, it's going to take the longest to build. Just start with your grappling and then sprinkling the other stuff, get in shape. And we'll start with that first. So that's what I did. 
And then um, I figured out after about going in about two years, um, I'd already got my blue belt and everything. I'd done a bunch of stand-up, a bunch of jiu-jitsu, had my first comp, won my, uh, lost at my first comp as a white belt, won my first comp as a blue belt. And um, at that point, I had pretty much decided that, like, I didn't like getting kicked and punched anymore. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Dave sure. Schumacher, the former owner of Integrity Jiu-Jitsu, um, he has a good way of weeding that out of you. He lets you know pretty quick, like, do you really want to do this? You really do? You really okay. like getting leg kicked? I'm going to kick you. I'm going to kick you hurt. right in the same quad. Same spot. Over and Every over. Every time. To the point where you're, like, going to throw up from the pain. Like, mm-hmm. and you're not even tired yet. <laughs> yeah, you're and still then, breathing. Fine. Yeah, yeah. You just but, can't move your leg. But for some reason, you're down a leg, and you're mm-hmm. trying to understand why. And then, all of a sudden, you start getting tired. And then you're like, oh, this is real bad. And then he tries to head kick you, but not enough to actually head kick you, just enough to get your hands up. So he can liver shot you over and over. And then your insides just start crumbling. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and I wasn't like, I was in with like a lot of lightweight. So um, they were much quicker, much more efficient. So they just lit me up all the time. So I still appreciate the stand up. I still have enough to where I can be efficient. And I try to make sure, you know, every so often I'll, you know, make sure I'm on top of it. But my heart was on the mat. I loved being on the mat. And, um, I loved uh, grappling. I loved jujitsu. I loved at that time everything about it. It was my, oh, I mean, it was my my sanctuary. It's where like I could go for an hour and a half and nothing else mattered. Like nothing else, nothing even entered my mind. It was such a complicated thing for me that I loved doing. That it was like being addicted to a video game. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I don't know how much y'all play, but mm-hmm. I'm sure Sam, young pretty boy here, can relate. Like, you get a certain video game, you'll be addicted like four hours in, you know. Absolutely. And that, that's how it was. That's how it was. And I like, and then I had, I figured out I had a style uh, completely, um, you can give all the props to Jonathan Collins on my style, <laughs> but I had a style that was different and it was standing out. Uh, from the other ultra heavyweights, right? Now, mind you, I went from 315 to 250. So I was in shape, you know, and um, kept training, um, kept competing into my purple belt. The gyms out there went through some owner changes, which we could probably spend Bunch a lot of, of time. Bunch of them. Uh, the next one, the one that brought it, bought it uh, essentially, or originally from Brian Deems, good family, good people, and also that. The piece of fucking shit that bought it after them um yeah i, I stand by my wor- my original words i told him he can say hang himself with his black belt and my do us champion. all do us all with a favor do us all a favor man just off yourself that'd be great just do it and it, through that process integrity was born we left um dave opened up integrity and we started training ground up you know during that time, I'm still working for dealerships and all that kind of stuff. I dabbled with having my own shop and all that kind of stuff. But mostly, my fo- my like my, you know, it's like this this goal and this this thing that I could do that just seemed unattainable. But it's like, is it? Like, doesn't seem like I should be able to do this all the time. And everybody's telling me you can't always do this all the time. Yet here I am fucking doing it. <laughs> it's weird yeah. that y'all say that because yeah. I've been able to do it and everything's we're all just okay. <laughs> like we're I mean, we're eating, like we're fine. There's some packed house in here almost every <laughs> night. So. You know? So uh you know, to fast forward to now, um my girls are you know, my oldest graduated, my middle child's about to graduate this year. Seven years ago I had my son, he trains. Uh, two years ago, I bought the gym from Dave Schumacher, and I've been running Integrity BJJ ever since. Um, there's a lot in between all that. 20, yeah. 20, 20, 24 months in a day, Jeff. That's three you guys fucking day, Thank bro. You. Thank yeah. you. I need to Now, and again, I have been blessed to my original statement from the time my dad passed. And maybe before then, but I didn't take note of it. I have had, I guess you'd call them angels that have been steering me ever since and yeah we're doing good 
That's a good story, man. <laughs> it's something. There's a bunch of good shit in between all that. I know there's a lot. Of, um, there's a yeah. lot of nuggets in there that I'd love to explore at some point. I love like I'm fascinated with other people's uh, backgrounds, yeah. you know, and where, where they come from. And I'm I'm just sitting here listening to like to your story about you know West Virginia, and, and you've told me a little bit about mm-hmm. um, you know your your uh, church background and yeah. things like that. And then just into your, where, how you come up and I'm thinking like, God, we are so different. So, like, totally different. It's just so different. Dude, yeah. You know? Where I was going, I never would have hung out and talked to a mm-hmm. guy like Mark. Me I would have been like, fuck you preacher, man. Like that, that's how he would have got when a 19 year old me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he'd have said something real as shit to me. I would take offense to it. You know, that's um, so funny. Yeah, no, no, no. But we met on the mat, and like that's and we've see, been boys th- those ever are th- since. those are things that that I love about jujitsu is, is when you're there, it's everybody's equal. Yeah, I was gonna say it kind of levelizes, it, it, it levels, it levels the playing field, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. It, it's the only place where you can get someone from literally any walk of life, any background, and you put them on a jujitsu mat, and they know how to grapple. And you connect immediately. Doesn't matter. It, it, cops and potheads, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. ex-convicts mm-hmm. and, and and choir boys, mm-hmm. you know, business owners and guys that are guys that are you know former felons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what's that saying? I show the same respect to the janitors I do the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the mat. You ain't got a fucking choice if the janitor's nah, a purple belt and you're a brand new white belt. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. You <laughs> can be the CEO all you want, man. He about to choke the shit out of you, I promise. <laughs> right. And it's it's amazing and that's that's one of the reasons I love it. The other reason and Kyle just mentioned a little bit of it is when you're on the mat, you can't think about anything else. Like there that's is true. there is no me worrying about my budget. Yeah. No, when no. I'm on the mat. You know, I, I, I'm not worried about if, if we hit Q4 income or, and revenue uh, forecasts when I'm when I'm on it. Because if they are, there's some little punk 22-year-old purple belt, <laughs> like the one sitting next to me, that is waiting for you to slip and is going to choke you unconscious or, or is going to rip an arm off. Or he notices you were tired after that round. Yeah, and so then they want to be like, hey. Then, hey, you want to you go again? You want to you wanna roll? You got one more in you? I've gaslighted everybody in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let you know now. Uh, yeah, hey. Remote in hand, ready to start the clock. You ready? Hey, ready, ready. Like, hey, Kyle man. be standing on the side of the mat. Just <laughs> you ain't tired, hey, Kyle, are you? you ready to you roll? Tired? You ready to roll? Yes, You good? You good? Come on, let's roll. Just walking out the truck. Kyle, you ready to roll, man? Yeah, now it's like either a hard nope. Yeah. Or it's like, <laughs> that's yes, right. Sam, let's that's, go ahead and, and go. That's where that's where we get smarter, right? That's that black belt magic. For sure. Is is you know when to say no. You're like, <laughs> no, bro, I ain't rolling with you tonight. Uh, uh. There's been a lot of nights I walk in and you look at Sam and you know he's on one. Yeah, no. It's like, bro, I ain't, walk, I ain't rolling with you tonight. Go get go get somebody else. Sam walked <laughs> into me at the front desk. I've been teaching <laughs> fundamentals and in the truck all day. I ain't even rolled. I'm stiff. I haven't warmed up or nothing. He comes in after like round three, full sweat, red. Comes in drinking water. Hey, you getting one in tonight? <laughs> well, well, no, no, Sam, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am not, sir. You go find you. There's somebody out there for you, buddy, but yeah, it ain't for me. me tonight. <laughs> but but you, 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 I'm gonna be good for one round and hurt something. You got to lay all that stuff down when you step on the mat. You can't worry about anything yeah. else. And for me, at, at almost 30, I started when I was 29. You know, I had been corporate salaried management since I was 21 years old. I had I, I stopped doing all sports after high school. I, I didn't, you know, it was it was just nothing. You know, most I did was a little bit of ultimate frisbee my <laughs> freshman year of college. I would have loved to watch that. Yeah, I really would have loved. And, to, yes, <laughs> yes, that's super white. That's ultra white right there. It is. It was really high white tube socks. Privileged white. <laughs> Look, you got no. You you do frisbee golf. You have no room to talk, sir. You have a frisbee golf bag. You drive a and golf. You and you I do drive, drive a golf. And you play golf. Wagon. So yeah. Anyway, so we uh, <laughs> with stock and you trading, golf. Yeah, with you golf with the whitest people. You have I do. With you a have stock trader. You got a network, baby. You have Nike Dunk golf shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey man, listen. You got to play the game. If you want the money, you got to play the game. You look the part. That's right. So, but so I, you know, I I needed something different in my life. You know that I I wasn't I wasn't exercising. I was overweight. I needed something different. I boxed and done done stand up stuff, and, and 
I knew that I wasn't going to be a professional boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I no matter if you can throw a punch or not, at 29, you're not going to be a professional boxer. I needed something to do. And I remember seeing the first, you know, UFCs on uh, like backdoor pay-per-views mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And my, my buddies and I, in, in his, you know, Jacob Matheny's basement. Uh, <laughs> shout we, out to Jacob. Shout out to Jacob Matheny. That's good, buddy. In his basement, me and him and his brother Brent would would sit down there and watch UFCs, and we'd just, like, mount armbar each other because that was the only thing we knew how to do was an armbar. And that was when I was 17. So when I was six, 15, 16, 17, high school years. So then when I get, you know, 29 years old, I'm driving. We had moved to Georgia. And I'm driving up 61, and I, I look off 61 a little bit, and there's DEFCON 1 hey. sitting right next to right next to 61. I was like, man, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've always wanted to try, you know, 12, 13, 14 years later, I've always wanted to try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I was out of shape. I was a mess physically. And I walked in, and at that time, it was a little bit before Kyle started training. Yeah, you predated me. Yeah, um, a couple years. Yeah, about blue belt. A couple years. Yeah, you yeah, were I blue was, when I walked in. So, um, you, know, you threw this half lightweight years. across the room when I walked in. <laughs> People think that that video that goes around where they like they're they're talking to the camera and somebody throws a guy Salty across dog the room. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, 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 they think like that. Yeah, that they got that because it's it's universal across the world yeah (laughs) like that scene has happened probably a million times like but at at the time you know defcon was a gracie baja affiliate academy and there was a a little professor crow uh it was a brazilian guy he probably i think he at the time crow i wasn't there yeah at the time crow was probably uh competed at 145 pounds was probably five six five seven and i was way past 300 i don't have any idea what i weighed i had this picture i saw it the other day i wish i could find it of him when he first started in his gracie baja in my gracie baja and standing the, in the in standing the living room in with front my of the white door. belt i'm so proud of that wall. white belt so proud of that white belt it's uh, like, it's one of my favorite pictures to look, this day to, i laugh I, at it every time i see it when i got promoted to blue belt i wore my blue belt to bed that night, <laughs> tied around my waist <laughs> That's looked how at my mom. He said, "I'm the fucking champion." <laughs> <laughs> so I wore uh, my slippers. But when I walked into into that gym, <laughs> I walked in and watched a class first. Sit there on the bench and watched it. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna try this. And uh, came back the next night. You know, signed up for my trial class. Went out there. It was Gee, and this little 145 pound, five foot eight Brazilian guy choked me in ways i had no I, I didn't even know how i was being choked i just knew i couldn't breathe and everything's blacking out and i you know every time i tried to move my arm from the left side of my body to the right side of my body it was hard and i couldn't do it and i'm on top so i'm supposed to be winning right because it, it, i growing up you know i boxed you know you yeah, knock somebody man, down yeah. big guy you get on top bro it's over mm-hmm. and this little guy pulls me on top of him i'm on top of him and now i can't breathe and i don't know why <laughs> and i fell in love with jujitsu and i went out that night to the car to call my wife to tell her i was on the way home and my arms hurt so bad i couldn't hold the cell phone up to my ear because my arms hurt that bad and so i was like pulling my head down close to my lap trying to tell hey baby i'm on the way home <laughs> and i was hooked i was hooked i loved it sure and and started training um you know i remember professor crow you know they do gracie baja does very regimented warm-ups so you mm-hmm. run around the mat so many times Tr- traditional brazilian traditional warm-ups, brazilian yeah. warm-ups where you you know you try air triangles 10 times that you know and the instructor counts to five then the class starts at six six, six seven, seven eight, eight. Nine, ten, right, and they do all these different warm-ups. And one time I remember we were jogging around the mat doing our our Gracie Baja warm-ups, and Professor Crow and his broken Portuguese English, you know, that everybody was kind of getting a kick out of beating up on Mark because Mark had no idea what he was doing. And Professor Crow, everybody's kind of laughing. There was a joke made about who's tapping Mark out tonight. And Crow says, you guys joke now, but – one day you're going to pay for that joke. Mark keeps training. You're going to pay, and, and you know now it's you know I guess 14 years later. I've uh, been training. Just got first degree on the black belt. 
Hey. Uh, you know, last week, me, hey. me and Kyle. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, uh, the majority of those guys that were there probably don't even train anymore. No, most of them don't. Professor Crow runs an academy down in Miami. I'm saying the other yeah, guys that, that were white and blues. No. They're that's gone. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, we, you know, I can probably count on one hand of the guys that we trained with, Kyle coming up, that are still, you know, maybe two hand, maybe ten guys across the years. You know, that were there, you know, Jonathan Collins was a purple belt, yeah. was a way sandbag purple belt. Yeah. Jonathan Collins. He we, had the rattiest purple he belt was, you ever seen it in your was, life. He was like. I think was holding on he, by strings. He was in the military, so he traveled around a lot. Uh, he had been a purple belt for a long time, but never stayed in one place long enough to get promoted. And he was wrecking everybody. You know, he was, he was the most sandbag and purple belt there was. So he's still <laughs> a black belt now. Or he's a black belt now. A guy we trained with, Doc. Uh, you know, a guy who's an actual doctor. He was, uh, he he was he he's a uh, a black belt now. He was a, a blue, I think, when I started. Then was pur- probably purple when you jumped. He was in. a purple when I was there. Yeah, Doc yeah. was super. He was one of those guys that was like um, just young enough to still be like really dynamic yeah. and really uh, talented. Really good technique. Really yeah. good flow. Like a constant flow. Um, but he was just old enough to where, like, he had enough sense to like help people. Yeah. And and Doc's personality was that way. Is is, yeah, the, yeah. is that way? Great. Anyways. Yes. Yeah. Good dude. Good salt of the earth kind of guy. And um, Doc, as far as like everyday training, was a big part of my progression because I implemented a lot of flow through Jonathan's instruction um, and suggestions. And then I was able to actually work through it with yeah, guys like Doc, Doc. Doc was a little bigger too. Yeah, you know, he was a little and he could trash solid. you. He could trash you if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah, he absolutely. could just run the dog on if you wanted to. But he would let you work and play jujitsu for jujitsu back mm-hmm. during a time when people didn't identify that. Yeah, they would just murder you most of the time. But yeah, out of that group, there's there might be ten guys that that still train or or trained and then left and came back to training. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. It, it was it, those times. Those white and blue belt times were are special, and that's that's why we we like so much when we when you see guys that that fall in love with the game of jujitsu yeah, for sure. You know, and, and guys like and there's Jeff, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Jeff that that get in, they get in for the for the right reason, right? They're not just coming in just to choke somebody's face off. Mm-hmm. They get in because the kid wants to do it, and they're doing it. They want to be on the mat, mm-hmm. and they fall in love with jiu-jitsu, and, and, and you see them do the comps, and you see them win a tournament <laughs> or win a match, Hell and yeah. it's so special, man. It's it's awesome. No, you start seeing the things, the, the pieces click. Yeah, everything comes together. together, and you're yeah. like, yeah, you get the highlight, the, the light bulb moments. Yeah. Well, I think like, there's some benefit, too. Um, you know, for me, starting this sport at an Art. Art. Starting this art. We all say sport way too much. Okay. Starting this art at a later point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely had I been not now, I say all the time, you know, I would give I'd give my life savings if I could go back and start this when I was Sam's age. Right. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But the reality is yeah, I would have been fine with it, but had I started this when I was 25 as opposed to 45, um, you know, my ego would have been completely different. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, I, I stepped in I stepped in to the game. Is he gone? I don't know. We don't ever know what's saying. Um, He's on the phone. But I stepped into the game. Like already checked. I mean, my ego. I check it at the yeah. door easily. Yeah, you know, same, same. Versus a guy that comes in here and he's twenty two. No, nah, yeah. for sure. But you you've know, seen those guys get their ego checked too. Of course, humility is yeah. a hell of a tool. But yeah. I think too, like my patience is yep. better now. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know my my focus and patience, and I can pay attention. And mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, I, I roll like I notice sometimes. So this is just a minor little thing that I've noticed but like so you or or day whoever's teaching you guys will show something you know a, 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 a something we're working on and then you'll say partner up and I'll get with my partner and usually it's another white belt um, and 
just by the nature of the class, it's usually a younger guy, you know, or somebody younger than me, at least by 10, 15 years younger than me. Anyway, well, something I've noticed is we'll get halfway through the move and they don't remember, you know, like little things. Really? Yeah. You know, like they won't remember like, you know, and I, and I catch myself going, no, he said to take your left hand and grab my pant leg. You know, you're not you're not pushing my pant to the you're not pushing my leg to the ground. You got to push it all the way to the ground first, or or something like that. You know, right. and they're like, well, no, I, I, I said, yeah, I promise you, that's what he said. I, I, <laughs> and they're like, well, no, you know, he's and I said, okay, well, all right, hang on a second, idiot. I'm like, Dave, come over here a minute, man. Dave, come here. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we supposed to? And Dave will say it again, and then they're like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, and I'm like, so I think that is just a benefit of me being older in, you know. Focusing a little better. Well, you can't under, underestimate dumb. Some there is some dumb. dumb. Well, I don't think these guys are dumb. I think they just. Some I don't know if they're ADD. Just some of them are dumb. Yeah. But also like nervousness. Like mm-hmm. sometimes if you're nervous, like you'll forget your left hand from your right hand. Like yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's And it. I was I was a lot of the same way, Jeff, because I came in. You know, I didn't wrestle in high school, right? Like Sam. Sam wrestled. I didn't wrestle. I, I did all just stick and ball sports and you know track and <laughs> you know just just normal stuff. What, what sports did you stick do? and ball sports? Stick and balls like plural, like stick plural. Ball? Stick and ball. Stick did and you ball wear a scarf word. when you did this? <laughs> no scarfs. Uh, hell of a callback. So. No scarfs. <laughs> so just normal. We went in you know, on scarfs. Football. Should, football. Should men basketball. wear scarfs? No. What? I wouldn't wear a scarf. I would not wear a scarf. Seems like your people. Would I would wear a not scarf. carry a purse. I'm not a normal. Child. I would, <laughs> I would not I, date a I man. I don't like yes. mans no more. I no don't more. like mans no more. I'm delivered. I like women's. <laughs> women's, 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 women's. But yeah, so I came into it with with no preconceived idea that I was going to be good at anything grappling. I yeah, if I could punch somebody, I could box. Mm-hmm. You know, I could I could run. I could tackle. I could. You know, do all those things, but you know, put me on the it, it, literal fish out of water, and I knew I wasn't going to be good, and that's kind of the way I approached it. Was I knew I was going to be terrible, and I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I was just I was doing it to to have fun. I was doing it for an escape. I was doing it for you know for fitness and and just all well, those. Things. Well, you get so many things as a byproduct of yeah. just training. Well, what's just funny training. is I have so many of my friends right <laughs> that know that I take jujitsu. Yeah. And the underlying common question from all of them is why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you? Why doing would this? you do that? Why are you? You doing pay this? for that? Yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> what if, Find what out. You know, you're 46 years old. Yeah. Um, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, you know, and 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 I just my 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 I just say, well, you know, my answer to them is this: I always say, look. I got one life to live. I don't want to grow old and just do nothing. And, you know, I feel like if I keep doing something that is physical, you know, I I said, I don't ever want to forget as a man what it feels like to be physical. Yeah. yeah, Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, there's science behind that, too. Like your brain says, sends signals to through your body, you know whether it's like you need to ramp it up because he's doing some wild shit, right? Like, and it'd be the same as if you were like, you know, backpacking into the you know into the sure. mountains to go and kill a gazelle, like whatever, right. like or an elk. I guess gazelles aren't in the mountain, but Good you know, what I'm saying like your body's gonna respond to it as, oh, he's got shit to do, so we need to, you know, we need to keep doing, we need to keep sure. going, so we need to keep building muscle, we need to keep being active. That's Whereas why, if why you're doing tell, nothing, yeah, it's why you, they tell older do, guys to do puzzles yes. and do brain work. Yeah, sure. You know, it's the same thing. I just want to stay active, and, yeah. I, and you know, part of it is the cardio, that the the, the physical aspect. I mean, I feel better Grab physically. Cardio. I feel better Different. physically now than I have in years. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. Now, and I still have it. It's, and it's not like I've lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. or but. Just the doing something three nights a week, you know, you feel like you're, you feel more, um, you know, active a lot. And you do feel like, God forbid, I mean, you ever have to defend yourself in mm-hmm. a real situation, you do feel like you have some sort of an advantage, um, you know, to protect yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. You know, and um, 
and it's just cool. There's it a is cool, cool. There is a cool factor to it. It is cool. To it. It's, it's not going to lie. Cool. I mean, it's there a is hunt. a cool factor yes. to it. It's very cool. Yeah, it's cool. Right? I, I got swagger. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. I mean, well, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you're a pretty boy. I am pretty boy. You're pretty boy, You Sam. are pretty. I can pretty boy, and I can make anyone ugly. <laughs> Damn, man. Cutting the promos. There it is. Ain't even put nothing no, in. Just cutting promos, huh? I got to do what I got to do. That's all he's doing. That's all. It's like a walking promo. <laughs> you know what's funny is, is Amanda says, she's like, she said, Sam, she goes, Sam is you <laughs> 20 years ago. Yes. She said that. She says that all the time. She's like, she goes, I don't know if you've forgotten. She said, but if you want to know what you were like when you were 22, <laughs> she's like, just look at Sam. Yeah. Because that's exactly how I was. I mean, I was just, you know, mm-hmm. the world is mine and, yep. you know. It's here. It's in my hand. I'm going to take it. Yeah. 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 I get it, man. I get Nobody it. can stop me either. Yeah, you'll fuck around and take it, too. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Man. I, I will 100% take it. Where are we at on our uh, SD? I don't know. I don't know. So, look, let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap it. We'll, uh, I'm going to, we'll do a little, little spot. I'm going to try to cut a little, little thing out of the end of it and and put it on social media. So we've got Cam and the Rev podcast and then there's Jeff. So Kyle Camerano, Mark Akerd, the Rev, and then there's Jeff, two black belts and a white belt. So podcast stuff coming, happening. You're going to podcast, going to podcast stuff. So. Uh, working the bugs out, got some things running, so we're trying to get get it together. Coming soon to a to a uh, a, a podcast place near you, to a speaker right. near you. That's right. Yeah. To all the uh, integrity members that uh, show up in the building, we are in the studio above the gym. Doesn't and mean come up here. Don't no, come up never here. come up here. Don't ever come if up here. If you come up allowed. here, you're getting like white belts, especially you're getting choked. Oh, you're, Just because yeah. Jeff's up here, Jeff's awesome. So you yeah. might get no. a special pass. Jeff has a card. Awesome. He has yeah. an access card. Yeah, I have you an access card, card. Then it's cool. But mm-hmm. what we will have is a suggestion box at the front desk. We are going to put a suggestion box out. So yeah. about anything doesn't have to be about doesn't have to be podcast. It might not even be you know addressed on the podcast. It'll probably be addressed like during probably off. Offline, like, yeah, off. Like circle the, back to you. We'll offline. circle back to them. But uh, anything is uh, as far as what you think of the gym, the technique, your training partners, whatever, whatever. Throw it in there. It will totally be confidential until it's not. <laughs> but we'll start to. No, it's just between first. us. It's yeah. like if you came to me with a problem, it's yeah. just us talking. So we're hopefully we'll have some of this stuff coming out soon. Roll some stuff soon. So. Uh, Cam and the Rev, and then there's Jeff. Cam and the Rev, El Jefe, 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 yes. filling up the up. horns. That's what's up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll intro because we can do a full intro too. Yeah, I, I think we'll cut it there. That'll be. We'll, there's a ton there. God, man, there's a lot. How many was that? Two hours? That was over two hours. That's how and, it was last. Like, and this was just our trial run. Yeah, I mean, it's just bullshit, yeah. So we haven't even gotten no. to like topical stuff, no. like where we no. actually like pick a topic and run with it. No, we ran with line it. things out. Okay, folks, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in to Cam and the Rev, and then there's Jeff. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and hit that share button. And until next time, take care.